Get Involved Referee is brought to you by Pressbox PR. Pressbox PR puts your brand on the map. From a chat over a pint to the headline of a website, Pressbox PR takes your brand and gives it the recognition that it deserves. With a proven track record with multiple clients, you'll be able to see your press go beyond the box with Pressbox PR. Check out pressboxpr.co.uk for more information. Hello and welcome to Get Involved Referee with Steve Conroy, Des Roach and me, Lindsay Heron, as the SPFL is back in action after a one-week break uh, due to the mourning of Her Majesty the Queen. And, well, an action-packed weekend as ever lies in terms of the, the games, but also some very interesting decisions and moments in, in the matches. I guess none more so than our headline act today, Mr Ryan Porteous. The third member of the, the third member of the team, yeah, very, very interesting weekend um, involving him and people discussing him, uh, all, all very interesting. And I don't know what we would talk about if it wasn't for Ryan Porteous. The big moment, Des, of course, came in the the penalty decision uh, made um, with in the Liam Scales involved in the in the, the incident Aberdeen Hibs. It's one 0 Aberdeen at the time, and well, my goodness, it all, went all sort of pear shaped as far as the referee is concerned, didn't it? Well, it went Porteous shaped. <laughs> <laughs> he's the he's the gift that keeps on giving. I think we'd be out of a job if it wasn't for him. My interpretation of watching it is that Ryan Porteous was the one who instigated the whole scenario. Mm-hmm. He was the one he had clearly had uh, scales his jersey grabbed, pulled. You could see his body. He then moved into a headlock as as the as the movement progressed. Um, as Portis has fallen, you can clearly see that Scales has got his hands up saying, I've not got a touch of him. However, as bad as that may be, and I say bad just from Portis thinking that, it's almost, it, well, it's not almost, it's given that his manager is condoning it. The fact that he says in his own post-match interview, saying that good play forced the sending off. So for me, take a, take aside that single decision. I think that has got to be looked at from a manager saying that he's condoning his player encouraging and enticing and getting another player sent off, which take it back to take it back to the bones. That's cheating. And he's condoning cheating. Um I know there's contact in the box all the time, but that was I think it was a penalty. Eh, sorry, it, it wasn't a penalty. Um the referee obviously unfortunately got that one wrong. But Porteous is in the wrong and the manager's even worse in my opinion. I agree entirely and I think it goes a step beyond condoning by by those comments Mr Johnson is encouraging cheating um, Yeah, and let's not kid, it, uh, kid ourselves on it was cheating and his manager is praising him for that cheating and coming out and, and talking about it. Um, to begin with yep the two of them as always a bit of pushing a bit, a bit of pulling we, we accept that all the time but when it started getting uh, beyond that it was Porteous that done it he grabbed Scales initially then just as you said he had him in a headlock and pulled them down. Said it how often on here. I, I don't understand for a second how the SFA do their business. But going from what's happened here uh, this weekend, Johnson could get away with saying that he encourages his players to cheat and Goodwin could be up, hauled in front of the beaks for saying that Porteous conned mm-hmm. uh, the, the ref. Which one was right? Well, that's it's Mr Goodwin. Exactly. That's the irony of it, isn't it? Jim comes out very, very unhappy, of course, by the, the source of events and the course of events, sorry, and the way it turned out for his team because they're 1-0 down. Sorry, they're 1-up at the time. And that makes it 1-1 and their man's off. 
And the irony was, apparently, he'd, he shared a joke with David Dickinson before the game, saying, you better watch out for this poor taste, laddies. We've got a bit of a previous for this. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so I hear, um, and, and I wish she had borne it in mind. But I have to say, although but I was going to say he's, he's innocent, he's not innocent, he got it wrong, but he got it wrong. One that we, we could all do, David, he was totally he, as well as everybody else, was cheated uh, into making that, that decision. And it's not one that the lino could help out with. It's not one that the fourth official could uh, could help out with. They couldn't see it. David Pure and Simply was cheated into making that decision. And On. the worrying thing is, now that course of events, that uh, that choreography, that's not natural to me. No. That's practised. I think, the, as you said, David was, he bought it. I think... For most right-minded people, when you see it the first time, it does look as if the Aberdeen player is all over mm-hmm. Ryan Porteous. Mm-hmm. It's when you slow it down and you take it back. So I'm not blaming David in no, any way, shape or form. It, that was the perception of it. But when you see it in detail and you see it slowed down, that was a, that was premeditated. He knew exactly what he was doing um, and nothing will change my, my opinion on that. It was a clear course of cheating and it affected Aberdeen adversely and they went on and lost the game. You make a, a very good point, Steve. I mean, really, the SFA should come out quite strongly against Lee Johnson for advocating that type of behaviour and encouraging it. <laughs> He's come out and said he encourages his players to cheat. Mm. You know, surely to God, um, they, they they have some kind of common sense up there that you can't come out and say that my my team are encouraged to cheat. Mm. I want them to practice that. His quote, his quote is, good play, good play, forced ascending off. Now, what else do you need? Oh. I mean, you're going to stand there with a, with a, a black and white uh, oh. jersey saying, right, smoke, uh, yeah. I'm done, that's me. It's cheating. It's neon lights. Hips, yep. hips encourage you to cheat. Somebody has to come out and take him in hand for that. I would love to see if it was reversed. Yep. Reversal of fortunes. Mm-hmm. Do you think he'd be coming out and saying, no, he'd be turning around and saying, I've been cheated out of a player being sent off and a penalty kick. Because the irony is that, that Hibs were, were most upset by Jim Goodwin's comments to the extent that I think the hierarchy were contacting the Aberdeen hierarchy to have a word with them. Oh, yeah, I saw those headlines. The irony of ironies. They clearly <laughs> hadn't seen the replay. Well, it did change the course of that game. And that's this is the unfortunate thing, isn't it? And that's one that VAR would have spotted, Des. I would like to think so, because it's a matter of fact. Uh, it's not a, it's not opinion. It's factual evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure if VAR was operating in the correct manner, David would have welcomed the chance to to review it and would have made a decision that was that was correct. Mm-hmm. And the correct decision would be no, it's a caution to Porteous and it's a free kick to Aberdeen. The ball's then sixty yards up the pitch. <laughs> game on again. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you're not down to you're not back to, to one each. And there's no way out of it for um for uh, scales in the sense that the SFA can't pull back the yellow card I'm, I'm right in saying is that you can't overturn a yellow. Uh-huh. Uh, you can Downgrade or overturn a red, but a, a caution's a caution. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So Sadly. So he's suspended for the next two yeah. matches, which is another kick in the teeth for Aberdeen, isn't it? Absolutely. And Aberdeen are, are they're fighting for every point they can get at this moment in time. They've had a sort of mixed start to the season, mm-hmm. but Jim Goodwin's trying to establish himself as a manager, a whole new team. They've started well in this game, then all of a sudden they're down to 10 men and one each. Mm-hmm. There was another penalty incident in this game though, Des, and, and we, we feel that uh, David maybe got that one wrong as well, um, a, a potential handball with uh, Ross McCrory. Yes, yes, he's went for the he's went for the header, his left arm has, has came out, the ball struck him, is he trying to balance in the air, is it, it's, a, it's a very, very, very tight marginal call, but again, if you are looking at it, is it ball to hand or hand to ball? To me, it's hand to ball. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, it's it's a debatable one. It's one that well, we are we are debating it. Um, there's no hard. I don't think any hard and fast rules on it. But the fact that his arm was somewhere, it didn't need to be for that particular passage of play. It was irrelevant to the the, the passage in play. Had he made an arse of the header, yeah, probably. Um, but it, nonetheless, it struck his arm. So I I I think in the balance of everything else, I think that's a penalty. So a bit of a tricky day at the office for David then in some regards, although like you say, he's, he's, he's not helped by the first one in any shape or form. Nope, he was cheated in that one and then I think he got a highly debatable one wrong, I think. I don't think it will, it, it won't have a bearing on David's progress no. and the way he's moving. He's he's come into the SPL season as a young fresh referee who's mm-hmm. doing extremely well. I fully anticipate him to become a, a FIFA referee at, at some, some point through his through his career um, so these are just the the bumps in the road that you have to experience as you go along and he'll be he'll be much wiser going forward yeah I think he'll maybe be a bit more reticent in future to fall for something like that absolutely it, it was pretty quiet uh, elsewhere well, let's have a look at the the big two then um, Rangers and D United um, on Saturday uh, Kevin Clancy in charge this is the Kevin Clancy, of course, that Rangers reported to the SFA back in January for allegedly eight mistakes that he made in one of their matches. He seemed to do pretty well in this one, Steve. Um, the big bone of contention from Dundee United was this sort of deliberate cynical foul of uh, of Leon King on the halfway line uh, on uh, McGrath, Jamie McGrath. It was it was a pretty cynical one, but probably yellow. Do you think? Yep, yep. Uh, same one that we've same tackle we've we've talked about. Uh, a few times in the past few weeks. Yeah, cynical, professional, you know, taking one for the team, that, all the, the phrases that we've used. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, a yellow. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, I don't think it's been as common uh, as it is now for the last few weeks. I mean, I it's, it, it just seems to be repeating, the power repeating of this the power of the podcast, yes. Um, but you no, know, I think Kevin handled it absolutely fine. It's a yellow card, get up, move on with it. There wasn't terribly much complaints about it um, certainly not enough to warrant Rangers sending another complaint to the SFA regarding <laughs> Kevin <laughs> couple of potential penalty incidents you know you look at Des in that game but you're not you're not quite sure about them I don't think they were penalties no I really don't um, the one right at the very end was it uh, on McGrath again was it Thielman Thielman I think Thielman, yeah, yeah uh, he's got he's got a toenail on the ball but he's got the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't think any of the two Dundee United claims were were sufficient enough to to to, to be penalties. And got to praise Kevin; he got them got them correct. Um, so let's go back to the you know the unsavoury incidents that we witnessed at the weekend. First of all, uh, at Ibrox, um, the Dundee United fans choosing to to sort of boo and chant during the minute silence uh, for the Queen. Um, the Rangers fans reacting, we understand, objects thrown at the Dundee United supporters, some glass, apparently some bottles even, um, which is very serious stuff. You know, you, you can understand fans being annoyed, but you can't react in that manner. It's just, you just don't want to see that in the game at all, do you? Absolutely not. It's and I can't fathom what would go through somebody's head that they think it's acceptable, no matter what the provocation, acceptable to throw glass and broken glass at people. Mm-hmm. The, the sole intent of throwing glass and broken glass is to injure, to maim and potentially kill. There's, and don't, don't beat about around the bush. If somebody does that, they're out to, at the very least, cause somebody per, uh, permanent disfigurement. It's utterly despicable. And I don't care how hurt that you are or how you're uh, how you're offended yeah. by somebody else's behaviour. Mm-hmm. That is the act of 
criminals. No doubt about it. I mean, that's the nasty side of it. You don't want to see that at all. I mean, but as, as Steve touched on there, the the, the, the banners and the chanting that's, that's come back in, that have come back into football more recently uh, are quite alarming days, aren't they? Very much so. And I wouldn't put it down solely to being in the football environment. I would put it down to being a societal problem um, that people think that this is acceptable in this day and age to, to have a, a, a personal vendetta or a grievance regarding someone's creed, colour, religion, whatever. As we touched on earlier, when you're when you're born, you are innocent and your parents teach you what's what's right and what's wrong. And manners cost nothing. But these are learned behaviours that these people are doing and it's entirely unacceptable to the extent where you think, if I was there, I would like to think that if I'm in seat G52 and, oh, that's a postcode I didn't think I'd be saying. If I was sat in... Guess which uh, one. <laughs> I know. If I, if I was sat in seat L4, uh, that if someone was sat in hmm. L3, mm -hmm. I would like to think that I would say no. That bottle came from the person who sat next to me and surely season ticket holders and people who are of sane mind must be able to take them in because it's, it's horrible, it's horrific. And if you're throwing a bottle, how did they get into the ground in the first place with the bottle? Mm -hmm. um, which is the first part of it. But if you're sitting watching somebody throwing a bottle, that's just appalling. And the only thing that's going to happen is it's going to cause harm. And if that was your son, daughter, who comes home without an eye or with a... Mm a cut up their face, are you going to be happy about it? You'd be taking it straight back to the club and saying, well, your your responsibility is for the people's safety within your stadium. And don't get me wrong, there's some very horrific uh, chants and songs and banners being bandied about recently, but that's far, obviously, injuring somebody is far worse than hurting their feelings with some songs. Absolutely, causing, and that, that's a, another debate, but mm -hmm. doing something with the sole intention of causing permanent harm is... Thuggery. And yeah. I'll say it again, it's criminal. It seems to be, guys, that the, you know, the, the sort of songs we don't want to hear from uh, both sides in, in Glasgow are, are far more prominent and vociferous than they were in recent years. What's happening? What are the authorities doing about it? Why are they not doing anything about it? I think the reason they're not doing anything about it is because it's the two biggest clubs in the country that are revenue generators, uh, attention generators. It's been going on for forever. And as we mentioned earlier in, in my private discussions, there are SPL delegates at the game. And at every single at, Premier game, yes. everyone. Now, whether it was Celtic or Rangers who are making any chance that are untoward, if it was Livingston, if it was Kilmarnock, this should be highlighted mm -hmm. and it should be brought up. But unfortunately, in whatever side of the divide you may sit on with the old firm, it should be a, a 42 team <laughs> decision. These are unacceptable. And it should be reported, it should be highlighted, the clubs should be embarrassed, the supporters should be embarrassed, but nothing is, nothing's happening and I don't see it changing. It is a big debate, there's no doubt about it, and, and it's probably worthy of, of examination in a, in a bespoke programme, guys. But, you know, both clubs have, have tried, you know, over the years with different initiatives and, you know, uh, public pleas to supporters to behave themselves. but uh, And it did work for a little while, it seems, but it seemed, we seem to be back to the bad old days, Steve. Yeah, it, it certainly was um, up until the last maybe season or so. Um, it certainly seemed to be much better behaved, um, whether people had taken tellings from previous owners of clubs or whether you know the, the, the songbook had been rewritten. It's, people seem to be paying attention, but it's said it's creeping back to the... Keeping back to the bad old days. You can hear it on 
the radio when you're you're listening to a yep. game, you hear it on the telly, and all right, the telly can turn the volume down. Mm. But when you hear it on on the radio after somebody scored or whatever, it's it's horrible to hear. No matter as you said, no matter where you uh, you stand in the the divide, none of it's acceptable, and none of us should be proud of it. And what's happening? Nothing. Well, Plain that's and simple. It. It's a lack of leadership, Des, isn't it? I mean, I'm, even last week, it took them forever to make a decision and calling off the the fixtures. They waited to see if the EPL were going to do it, didn't they? I don't understand why these decisions aren't made in advance and it's everybody knows what they're doing. They then say, oh, oh you can have a minute's silence. You can maybe sing the national anthem if you want. Or, oh, and wear a black armband if you fancy. I mean, why don't they just tell them what to do? It's typical, typical Scottish FA. They follow <laughs> everything at the, at the last minute. Look at VAR. Look at VAR. Yep. That shows you straight away the leadership that if this technology is available, go and get it. Mm-hmm. If... Obviously, the, the the late Queen has passed away. Common sense that everyone in the world, never mind the UK, never mind Scotland, is going to say, well, can't play football this weekend. Fine. Just make a decision. Yeah. Someday have a pair of balls yeah. and step up to it and make that decision. If you're a manager of any business, then you're looking for strong leadership. And unfortunately, in my opinion, we don't have strong leadership. And a lot of, yeah, a lot of it is pandering to the... The, the the hard of thinking uh, among among us, and we all know, you know, in, in reverse it could be you know, other political figures yep. who, who die, sure. and you'd be in the exact same position. Do you have a minute silence? You can't have a minute silence because you know what will happen. Do you have a minute's applause so that you can applaud out some of the other noises? And this isn't particularly for what's happened this weekend. It's no. just in general, yeah. And we and we all know that, um, and that's a sad, sad state of affairs uh, to be in. Mm-hmm. That you have to pander to people. Whether uh, to come up with what you think is the, the the right thing, personally speaking, I think if, if you know the, the the Queen's died, it's obviously you call off games. Obviously, you have a minute silence. Obviously, you wear uh, a black armband. That doesn't matter where your thoughts are uh, politically. That's now. What did you say? Manners cost nothing. Manners it's cost nothing. The, the good, decent thing to do. Mm-hmm. And surely, to God, there's more good, decent people out there than otherwise. Mm-hmm. It's I can't fathom it. It really needs it really needs powerful rhetoric from the top, Des, doesn't it? You need the heads of our football authorities to condemn what's been going on across the board uh, and to make the, the clubs aware and, and re- take responsibility. Well, I think, again, we've, we've spoke about clubs not accepting strict liability mm-hmm. um, because, therefore, they will be, 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 hammered in the, be hammered in the pocket. But wait a minute. Somebody just somewhere, please step up and say, no, this is acceptable, this is unacceptable, and that's it. It's not two sides of a coin here. Mm-hmm. When you've got to this threshold and you've been doing this, you've been doing it for so long, either team, either side, either country, no. You've got to have someone who's who's big enough and bold enough to say, no, look, I'm in charge, this is the decision, this is right, this is wrong, and, and move on. And unfortunately, I don't believe we have that. Well, we're still waiting for the outcome of the 2016 Scottish Cup final pitch invasion, so... Uh... <laughs> well, there you have it. Yeah. We, we don't have anybody who's got the balls. We, we just don't. No, no. And it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And I think as a, as a nation and as a, as, a, as a footballing body, that permeates right through, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, I mean, very, very valid points and clearly something we can revisit throughout the season. Um, you know, fingers crossed. This type of behaviour doesn't raise its head again because someone could be seriously injured if if missiles are continuing to be thrown. You know, by, by the grace of God, 
whoever your god is, um, nobody's been seriously injured in the things that we're seeing where people have been hit by coins, people have been hit by glass. One day somebody will. And I hope to God it's not any of my family that has their eye taken out by it, but somebody will. Um, and it'll be sad that they have to replay things like this, you know, for, for us to be saying that somebody's going to get hurt if somebody doesn't pull their finger out. But somebody will if this carries on. I mean, you talked about it before. I remember you guys saying that, you know, that you have to impose sanctions to try and eradicate behaviour like that. And the ultimate sanctions to take points away from clubs if they do it. That's going to be a massive deterrent, but I don't think they've got the appetite for that, have they? That will not come in. It's a members' organisation, and the members create the they create the rules and they create what's what's appropriate sanctions. I th- I agree. I think that's probably the the only deterrent. Financial money outside of the old firm financially, it's, it doesn't mean anything to them. To to smaller clubs, of course, mm-hmm. of course it will. Uh, a points deduction. That's that's really the. That's the crux, isn't it? That's when maybe clubs will, not clubs, that's when people will take the decision and go, no, we're not accepting that because mm-hmm. it's going to hurt them points-wise, qualification for Europe, qualification for, for other things and monetary thereafter. But I, I, I really don't know. It's it's quite fallow, isn't it? As it's points is the only thing that, that's going to make a difference. The punter, it doesn't matter if you're a Celtic supporter or a Cove Rangers supporter, punter doesn't think about money. Doesn't care if you get a five grand fine, a 25 grand fine, doesn't matter a bugger. Mm-hmm. But if you get docked two points for this incident, then you get docked five points for the next one, then you get docked 10 points for the next one and you're relegated as a result of that. Mm-hmm. That's when people mm-hmm. uh, pay attention. But as you said, it's a member's organisation. Turkeys don't vote for Christmas. As things stand, it will not come in because nobody has the balls to do it. And the only thing that would do it would be if it was intervention from outside. But they're happy to to let people talk about that because you know the minute that you've got outside interference in your organisation, you're removed from the likes of FIFA. And that's not going to happen. So the Blazers carry on being Blazers. (laughs) Uh, Nothing, nothing, unless there's some... Damascan change uh, in somebody nothing is going to change unfortunately let's go to Paisley on Sunday and well first of all a massive upset in terms of the the champ, the title race you know with Celtic going down 2 nothing. the second goal is, is a bit of suggestion that there was a push on Stephen Welsh the ball was put into the net but maybe even offside as well does regarding the push grappling goes on and pushing and pulling goes on it's, Stephen said it numerous times it's a contact sport so as the ball's coming in, the two players becoming brawl with one another. I'd be I'd be more upset if my defender or my attacker wasn't getting involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, the push I wouldn't be going. I wouldn't I wouldn't be interested in that. VAR for the offside. I think it was Curtis Main mm-hmm. was the one that was mm-hmm. in the position. I think VAR could have a look at that. I'm not thinking that the assistant got it wrong. Yeah. But if we're going down the fine margins where lines have been drawn, etc., in a European game and an English game, I think that could very well have been given as a given as an offside, which doesn't take away from St Man because St Man were entirely um, the better team and deserved their victory. Mm-hmm. But for a refereeing decision and what we're asked for our opinion, I think that could have been called for offside under VAR. I, I agree, it certainly would have gone to VAR. Um, I'm, I keep saying it, I'm glad I'm not uh, calling these things sometimes. Um, but it certainly would have gone to VAR, I think. And on the, again, looking at it, you know, the sports scene scenario, looking at it again and again and again, I maybe... Uh, uh, could have been called, or would have been called offside. The days of VAR will tell you. But for the push, no, I, I keep saying it on here. If that push is enough to send a fit, healthy athlete uh, to their knees, then sorry, he needs looked at. Um, it's six and two threes. He was given as good as he was getting, and he just got done. 
Pretty quiet in the other matches. Motherwell Hearts, Nick Walsh had a fairly straightforward afternoon, Des. Um, and also um, uh, Livingston Kilmarnock, young uh, Grant Irvin involved there. And St Johnston, Ross County, equally Matthew McDermott did a pretty comfortable afternoon too. Yeah, well, Matthew is again one of the, the new sort of shining stars that's come into, come into league this year. The fact that there's really nothing to say from the game can say that Matthews had a, has done really well and it's really really good outside obviously Don and Kevin who have been there for a number of years it's really refreshing to see a lot of young guys being given their opportunity to, to come into the SPL and these are the these are the guys that are going to carry on hopefully to a strong tradition mm-hmm. of getting guys up there so no Matthew done very very well Grant as well there's nothing from the game that's been highlighted so give praise where it's due they always say a good referee is one you, you don't notice so <laughs> We never noticed them in the paper, so well done. Just before we wrap up, can I just clarify the, the big talking point from last week's European game at, at Ibrox when, uh, you know, there was a the penalty call first and foremost. James Sands is alleged or, you know, found guilty of bringing down the Napoli striker, a Simeone, for a penalty. And he, he gets the, the red card for a second yellow. Uh, the penalty kick's taken, Alan McGregor saves it, but a retake is ordered because the guy who puts the ball in the net had encroached. Why is it a, a retake and why is it not a free kick? Well, it, was, uh, it wasn't the guy who took the penalty who had encroached because no. he's, he's allowed in the penalty area. Yeah, yeah. It was encroachment by an attacker and a defender, mm-hmm. Tavernier, Tavernier, and I can't remember the name of the attacker, <laughs> forgive me. Um, it was Politano, he came uh, in. But uh, Law 14, the, the penalty kick, if you look on that, and apparently there's this magical thing called an app you can look on. Um, in the old days, it used to be I a book. I, I, can't, um, I cannot believe you know what an app is. I know because you told me. Um, <laughs> section 3, they have a summary table there that tells you all the, the, the sanctions, and there's a separate section that is encroachment by defending and attacking player. And the sanction is the same whether a goal scored or whether a goal isn't scored, and it's the penalty is retaken. But why would the penalty be retaken if it's only an attacker that goes into the penalty area? The Tavernier was. I know, uh, but had Tavernier not gone into the penalty area, so if it's a, it wouldn't be a retake. No, no, no. no. If he'd scored, if he'd scored the goal, it would be a retake. Mm. If he'd missed it, it'd be a, a goal kick. Yep. Yeah. So that. So if it had just been the attacker encroaching, yep. then the goal, the attacking team would have been uh, sanctioned. But because it was both. You say that that incident or that manoeuvre was null and void, so yep. you do it again. What do you think of that? Do you think that's a, a fair and just way of doing it? I, I actually think it is. Yeah, if if the attacking team had encroached and scored, then retake because you're not getting the goal. If a defender and an attacker have come in, then they're cancelling each other out, aren't they? I think it's fair enough to, to, allow, to allow the retake. You could be really harsh and just say, well, no, you get one shot and, and that's it. And if, uh-huh. you're, if, you, if you're cancelling each other out on a miss then tough got on with it didn't have any impact on the on the outcome of the game no um that was that was already put to bed overall um but no i'm quite i'm quite happy with that, happy with that one, yeah. Yeah, it's just an you don't normally see it very often these days do you the no, no no i thought you yeah. meaning you don't see steve with an app well, very often these sure. days you certainly don't see that no. he'd need to be running about with it in his back pocket <laughs> <laughs> thank good youtube isn't on today <laughs> <laughs> but no it's fair enough if it's both attacker and defender as you said i like the way you put it they're, they're both cancelling each other out so start again and okay just finally then chaps your um your referee of the weekend going to go with the the young guns yes um we have criticized the SFA plenty of times on here and we bemoaned the fact that it was an ever shrinking pool of refs who are doing the, the higher games they seem to have reversed that and we, we now have a charge of the young bucks so I think we're going to go with one of the young bucks yep I would think um, I would give it to Matthew McDermott uh, he's been quietly making his way through as I said to you 
a good referee is one that you, you don't hear about apparently and there is no headlines calling for any decision that he's made we've not made any real sort of reference uh, so I think we've got to, to, to praise young Matthew and give him referee for the week fantastic chaps remember you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and we'll catch you next time on Get Involved Referee Get Involved Referee